This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me for my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 a.m. on KWWJ, 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, or KYOK, 11.40 a.m. Call me, 832-570-8075. See you then. Houston, this is Gilbert Garcia, Talk Inspiration and Prayer. Let's listen a little bit of this song, Mr. Producer, uh, primarily because it just is an extraordinary song, the words about self-awareness and searching for who you are. And I think what he's really trying to say is he's searching for inspiration, he's searching for God in his life. That's what I really think it means. The other reason is because my guest, Bishop Dixon, is right going to be here one second. But let's listen to these words because this is from the great group called Chicago. And he's going to say here, as my life goes on, I believe somehow something's changed. Something deep inside, a part of me. There's a strange new light in my eyes, things I've never known. Changing my life, changing me. I've been searching so long. To find an answer. Now I know my life has meaning. Now I see myself as I am, feeling very free. Life is everything it's meant to be. Extraordinary song, just extraordinary song. And let's go ahead and listen to just a little bit of that, uh, producer. And as we continue, I want to give a shout out to Representative Christina Morales. And you go ahead and phase it out there on, this, on the song, and we'll get it here at the end. I want to give a shout-out to Representative Christina Morales and all her, her, her crew, Conchita, everybody who do so much because they do incredible things for the community. And we had an extraordinary event at Moody Park this past weekend because, I mean, we got together. It was Representative Morales' idea, and she said, we've got to do something for the young people. And the young people are all there. We had all the high schools represented. We had Reagan, Milby, um, Austin. They were all there. Uh, Isaguirre. We had over a thousand young people, and then their parents and everybody. And it was a beautiful thing because we had HCC there. We had Texas A&M there. We had all the trade groups there, the various unions. We had LULAC. We had all these resources for the young people to be able to really turn to and talk to someone. Because there are good people out there, good kids out there. They just need a little hand up. They just need someone to just, you know, show them away, inspire them. Uh, just like what someone did for me, a hand up. And that's what they need. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm going to talk a little bit about a, a gentleman named Joe Angel in a minute because he really struck me. We have our guest here now, Bishop Dixon. Bishop, you're going to now talking to KYOK, KWWJ, all the AM, FM affiliates of all those. You're on Facebook, Spotify. I can't even keep up with it all, but it's just a bunch. Wow. And you know what? Uh, we're so excited that you're here. Because, I mean, I mean, let's face it, Bishop, what's it like every day waking up saying, you know what, I'm the bishop? I mean, I mean, Bishop, really, because, I mean, oh, I mean you, you mean so much to so people, to so many people. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm humbled beyond words uh, to be here with you, to be your guest. And uh, your, your passion and enthusiasm inspires all of us. And uh, anybody who listens to you has has to get inspired, right? <laughs> and, thank you. Uh, so I appreciate that. But no, thank you for having me on the on the sh on your show. Uh, you know, really, 
I honestly wake up every day thinking, man, God is this good to me. You know, uh, the fact that the Lord has blessed me to be a blessing to anybody uh, is humbling. Because, uh, and, and I, people don't let me know, I say this all the time, it's grace and mercy, right? And the fact that we get to serve others uh, is really a privilege for us more than it is for the people who we get to serve. Well, let me ask you something. You come from a long line of pastors and, and, and community leaders. I mean, is it just, would you say, in your DNA? Or is was there a moment in your life that God touched you and said, you're going to follow the footsteps of, you know, and, and carry the word? I mean, how did you become here, Bishop Dixon? Well, let me tell you, I uh, it's, it's a combination of both. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm blessed uh, to come from a family uh, of generational servants, uh, pastors and leaders, uh, church founders uh, in, my, in my family's background. My father's father pastored our church for 50 years. No kidding. 50 years. Wow. And uh, he lived in the Heights on Rutland Street, 620 Rutland Street. And when I was a child, um, my father's father, our pastor, was also the janitor at Heights State Bank. Isn't that right? amazing? Right. So he worked in the, during the day as the janitor at the bank, and at night he'd be teaching Bible study, you know? And and so I lived amongst people who gave, who served. That was my model. But I was in the fourth grade uh, the day I had a personal epiphany. I was reading a book that talked about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I got stuck, Gilbert, on the chapter of his assassination. Mm -hmm. And I never shall forget it. I was in Helms Elementary School at on West 21st Street off of Shepherd. And uh, in Miss Gloria Paul's classroom, and I was reading this page on Dr. King being shot, and in my little fourth grade mind, I could not understand why such a good man was shot and killed for doing good. Mm -hmm. I, I, that, that just did not make sense to me. And but I can only relate to it based on my my Sunday school lessons about Jesus, right? Because. The only other person I knew who got killed for doing good at that time was Jesus Christ. So I, I could see that. And I got so convicted, I began to cry and weep in that classroom. Very and, interesting. Uh, and I said to God in my little fourth grade mind and brain, I don't understand why this happened to such good, good people like Dr. King and Jesus, but if you ever need somebody to die for doing good again, I would do it. I would do it. What a beautiful story. Yeah, that's 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 I mean, I I, I I feel it from you. I feel it from you. What that yeah. means is we've already got callers for you. Uh go ahead. What do we have? Do we have an Edna? Edna. Is there an Edna on the line? Yes, it is. Edna, you got me, Gilbert Garcia with Bishop Dixon. Talk inspiration and prayer. What you got for us today? Hi, Bishop Dixon. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Edna? Hi, honey. How are you? I'm doing Good. amazing. <laughs> And you know, it was so funny to call in to have you on the line, and we're mm. talking about Acres Homes as well. <laughs> yes, of course, absolutely. So, the four four. So this, this is too good. I, uh, I was telling the bishop. I don't know if you've had a chance to go over to Carver High School and see the robotic uh, group that they have over there. Dr. Pryor uh, is the one that's leading that. They just won. Uh, in a, they won championship for international robotics out at uh, at the George R. Brown. And I was a little concerned because I felt like that they should have got a lot more publicity mm -hmm. than they did considering, you know, these are our kids that come 
from the low-income uh, area and doing such an outstanding job, then we, they should be rewarded and really be talked about what they're doing. Because with this program, um, Dr. Pryor uh, was actually at um, Ailey's hmm. High School is where he started, and then he went from there to Spring Branch. But when I met him, I told him, I said, wow, this program you're doing? I said, you come to Acres Home with this, and we're going <laughs> to blow Acres Home off the map with this program. And when I tell you he's doing it, and yeah. we need to really highlight and let them know. And a lot of times they need help. A lot of the material and stuff that they are there trying to piece together and put together and do things that should not be happening. And we can, this, this, I'm telling you, this can be so, we can turn our kids around in our neighborhood if we get them involved in this. It, it's going to be an awesome program. Well, let so me, t- I, that's what, Eddie, let me tell you something, but I, I don't want to cut off the, the bishop here. Bishop, go ahead. Were you going to say something to her? No, I was going to say thank you for being a hero and a champion for our youth and, and for our community. And uh, uh, reach out to me after we get off the show and let me know how, how I can okay. help because I'd love to help promote that okay. program. Wonderful. And, you know, what I was going to say, very similar, which is, you know, that's the purpose of this show, Bishop. Yeah. There are so many good things happening in our community all the time, and we don't hear about it. Right. Right. The media is fixated on nothing but negative, 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 and exactly. who's, who, violence here, violence there. And you know what? Someone's got to say enough, yeah. enough. And that's the purpose yeah. of this. I would love, uh, and uh, you know, you can hopefully get my number and everything, 713-443-4330. I'd like to have Dr. Pryor on my show because what a beautiful thing. It reminds yeah. me of that movie, um, Stand and Deliver, with uh, uh, the, the math teacher, Escalante, who took these kids that everyone thought wouldn't have a chance and nobody would. Right. And, and he taught them calculus. I'll never uh, forget the famous line when he was writing calculus on the board and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, the actor, says, what's calculus? And <laughs> yeah. it was so funny. But, uh, Miss and if you would do that, I'd love to have Dr. Pryor on the phone because oh, we. Oh, yeah. That's, well, you know, I tried to get him today, but, you know, of course he's a teacher, so he's at school. Well, tell cool. him I want him on my show because, you know, we need him to come here to talk about kids. Some kids are gifted athletes. Some kids are gifted in the mind. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we need to help them find their gift and bring the best mm-hmm. out of them. Right. So, Miss Enna, thank well, you for I, calling. Please. Yeah, uh, and I'll get with you, uh, Bishop. I'll get with you, and we can talk more about it. Please do. I, I'll have him at the church and uh, interview him in the whole nine yards and put him on our show as well. So uh, thank you for Thanks, letting buddy. us know about that. Appreciate thank you, Miss Edna. Uh, let me come back to you, Bishop, which is, you know, in these times, and and, I, and I'm a man of faith, and I'm a Catholic, um, it's so hard to maintain your faith somehow when you see what's going on in Ukraine and you do see all these horrible things. You know, how do you keep it up? How do you how do you keep inspiring people and keep going through all this? Because I've seen you preach. I've seen you give prayers at events. And it's so extraordinary. You know, what do you tell someone like me, just a citizen, a, a, you know, a, a, just a weak man? You know, how do you tell me just keep having faith through all this, that there is a plan? Well, it, man, it's amazing that you asked that question with with, the, with those words. Uh, my message yesterday, come on, uh, that people can go on my on my Facebook page and get uh, on my YouTube, Bishop James Dixon or James Dixon and Powers. The title of the message was "A Victorious Faith in Challenging Places." I just preached that yesterday, and uh, you know, and, it, and I, I can't preach the whole sermon right now, but it goes back to a time when the children of Israel, the Jews were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And they thought it was going to be two years because one preacher told them it's going to be short. And then Jeremiah came back and said, no, God says it's not two years, it's 70 years. But in the meantime, 
build houses, build your families, grow gardens, prosper, and increase so that you don't diminish. And so what God says to them is, uh, your amazing is best revealed in adversity. Mm. Uh, and, and so often we're waiting for the, all the problems to go away. No wars, no rumors of wars, no violence, no crime, no economic dis, uh, downturns. No, we're looking for that utopia. It doesn't happen, all right? The world is going to be filled with turmoil and trouble. We will always have some kind of difficulty, always a disaster, always some kind of storm, always. So we've got to make up our minds. Our faith is best employed when we are facing adverse conditions. And, and the amazing that we get to see inspires us to believe again. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Very That's, interesting. Yes, what yes. a wonderful sermon that must be. Yeah. Uh, it's on YouTube. Say it again to our listeners out there. Sure. Go on uh, uh, James Dixon Empowers or Bishop James Dixon on YouTube or on uh, Facebook uh, or the Community of Faith on Facebook. And you can get the message downloaded. The link is there. Uh, or go to our app. In fact, you can download our app, DCOF Church. Download our app. And the message on, on you have the app an app. Well. How incredible! Yeah, that's. I want to talk about the app in a second. Let's go to. We have a Miss Stacy. Miss Stacy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Miss Stacy. How are you? You have me, Gilbert Garcia, talk inspiration and prayer with Bishop Dixon. Talk to us. So I just wanted to let all of your listeners know that I am excited about my campaign for State Board of Education. I was able to meet Mr. Garcia at a seniors breakfast in the northeast side of Houston about a month ago, and I have been excited and meeting with voters ever since. Our runoff election is on May 24th, and the early voting starts on May 16th. So I'm just asking if you all would just send your prayers and your well wishes my way. I would be greatly appreciative of that. Well, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you called in, and I encourage everyone to call. Bishop, this I try to think of this station, this 45 minutes as the people's 45 minutes. Yeah. And this is the time. Go go through one more time. I, I'm happy to just please repeat. Where's your website? And most importantly, tell people all those voting dates. And ladies and gentlemen, you gotta vote. Yes. You gotta Bishop. Right. I mean, you, you got gotta to vote. vote. You gotta vote. It's be a sacred right and a sacred responsibility there you go because you know uh, my mom always said if you don't vote don't complain that's but right. at the end that's of the day right. you gotta vote because that's the only way we're going to make change in our communities and our communities have been left out for so long it's time bishop it's time tell us those uh dates one more time that's right so the early voting starts from may 16th through may 20th that's a monday through friday and the actual election day is on may 24th wonderful and you can find my website stacy st ACI for Texas.com, Stacy Childs. Stacy, thank you much for calling in, and we wish you very, very well in your election. So please let us thank know. You. Call in again, let us know how it's all going. I will. Thank, thank you. you, my dear. Thank you, thank you, madam. Let me ask you this. How did you hold up during COVID? How was you know the the church, the group, the the the, the, the you know the family? How was everybody? We're tremendously blessed. Uh, you know, all of us had our challenges, of course, and our families. Um and, uh, were you ever I, down? I, I was never down. Okay, uh, amen. But I had family members who were down. My my, my father and my mother, uh, uh, you know, fought fought it off. God blessed them to come through it. Amen. We had funerals though, right? And uh, and the funerals of members, the funerals of loved ones, uh, a, a very very trying time. Every pastor will tell you the last two years have been a real faith walk. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a big difference in preaching to empty seats uh, and hoping somebody listens. Uh, church is about, as you know, connectivity. It's about koinonia, fellowship. And uh, it, 
people didn't understand. Watching a service on social media mm-hmm. is nothing close to being in close proximity, feeling each other's energy, the power of each other's prayers. And uh, so it's been a real challenging time. But uh, but God is faithful, and I thank God for the faithful people of the community of faith. And maybe it goes back to what you said. It's It brings out the best in you during these yes. adverse times. And, boy, COVID was just I mean, come on, COVID. I mean, how, who would have known COVID? Amen to your parents. So they're through it. They're fine. Yes. They're, uh, they're I want to talk about the community in a moment, but I know we have another caller. Is there a Miss Gina on the line? You've got Gilbert Garcia, Talk Inspiration and Prayer with Bishop James Dixon. Hi, Mr. Garcia, Dr. Dixon. Thank you so much for taking my call. Good morning. Dr. Dixon, I remember last year, um, seeing you on, um, I believe you were on Kimbrough Marshall's uh, mm. uh, show with him, mm-hmm. and you had talked about the uh, NAACP mm-hmm. and some young men you had come in contact with that was unaware of the organization. Yes. And so I'm curious to see how that's changed over the years, if you were able to you know, bring the young people um, into the organization. Well, first of all, thank you for the call, uh, the question, and thank you for remembering that conversation. Very powerful conversation because it impacted my life greatly. And given what she's speaking of is I I encountered some young teenage guys, uh, you know, out in the hood, right? And when I I, I don't ever walk up and say, I'm Dr. James Dixon, I'm Pastor James Dixon, I'm Bishop James Dixon. I just get to know people as I'm a guy, right? And I was talking to these young guys and uh, asking what, what was going on in their lives. They were not going to school. And how could I help you? What did you need? And uh, when I mentioned them, I said, uh, have you ever heard of the NAACP? And they had not. Interesting. Uh, had not heard of the NAACP. And it startled me that in 2022, these teenage guys, 15, 16 years old, had never heard of the NAACP. And they don't realize they're the beneficiaries of... 50, 100 years of work of the NAACP to give them just the ability to walk freely. freely. But but that tells you the disconnect that we mm-hmm. can have while we are in our, you know, doing our thing, right, trying to make our difference. Often we're not communicating all the way down line. And uh, so it really convicted me. So to her question, yes, we've been doing more reaching out to youth and uh, getting more youth engaged and involved and in conversation. So I'm out in the community promoting this among kids all the time, and we've got a robust, uh, our youth uh, our youth uh, division at the NWCP is more aggressive and innovative, and so more and more kids are saying, let me join, let me be a part. Uh, and schools now are wanting to join. Oh, how so, great. So, yes, so so we've got to be better at that. And But thank you for breaking that question up. And uh, and encouraging us to continue because, again, if we don't reach our children, we can't change our future. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. Let me just say this. For parents that are listening, you know what? Encourage your kids to join. Parents, get your kids involved. Talk about it at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Talk about the things that are going on in the world because that's, again, how we're going to get our young people involved and engaged, and that's what we need in this community. Let's go back. Who do we have now? We have a Miss Andrea. If I said that incorrectly, I apologize. Andrea, you got Gilbert Garcia, Talk Inspiration and Prayer, with my good friend Bishop Dixon. Hi, Gilbert. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Good. This is Andrea Bell. Um 
Um, I was just calling for my weekly reminder to everyone to get out to vote for the runoffs that are coming up May mm-hmm. 16th to 20th and then Election Day on May 24th. Andrea, tell us, how's the race going for you? It's going really well. We had a fundraiser last week and um, it was very successful. So, Remind us, very- you're, run- you're running for what? You're running for judge, right? In what court and everything? In what type of court? It's judge of the 185th District Court, which is one of the felony courts here in Harris County. And explain to our listeners, what does that mean, felony court? So this uh, this court would exclusively handle felony cases, and a felony is any crime that can be punishable by over mm. a year in custody. Mm. And, and so that's like, for lack of a better word, the more serious things. Is that Absolutely. A fair? Well, yes. let me ask you this. I, I mean, I, I know you a little bit. I'm so glad that you're running because you know what? Uh, Bishop, it just seems we need more judges who understand people, understand young people, and and you know, they, and remember that they were once young, and and to just you know to have some sort of um, spirituality when you when you're going through these things and you sentence them and so forth, because any little mark on their lives will change their whole life. Yes, and we got to be thoughtful about that and these things that are. I guess is there such a thing, Andrea, as the misdemeanor court? Yes, there is a misdemeanor court, and we see a lot of young people in that as well. But um, as you were saying, Gilbert, we have so many young people um, who go before a felony court, and our largest recidivist group in the state are these 17 to 25-year-olds. And so part of my platform is to create a program in the 185th for these young people who are on adult probation and felony court to give them a more individualized path to rehabilitation that's age-appropriate and community-based. Well, I, I could speak um, because, you know, Bishop, you may, I mean, I've told you this. I had a brother who went down the wrong path and paid his debt to society. And it's been hard for him to get back into society. And so it's kind of like if you just lock them up and you don't have a way to get them integrated back, you know, you got to give them hope somehow. And, and you, and you got to train them to become, because when you're gone a long time, Yes. I mean, you, yes. you, you've missed yes. time. Yes. Bishop, yes. What, do you, what do you see out there when you talk about that? Well, let me tell you, I, I encounter this all the time, right? All the time. And we've been preaching it and teaching it and speaking it to people in policymaking positions. Uh, judges and, uh, you know, law enforcement people have to understand that either we're going to participate in people's rebuild or we're going to continue to repeat. And, and so often we don't understand that. But here's a phrase that, uh, that I use, and that is we've got to have compassionate correction. There you go. Uh, and, and so often we try to have correction without compassion. Mm-hmm. And uh, a correction without compassion is going to only produce more of a crisis. We've got to be a strong enough society to where we believe in another chance and we believe in the value that people have. Uh, and, and if you invest in that value, then that value can produce dividends that are positive for the entire community. But let me say this deeper. I wrote a book years ago, and one of my chapters dealt with this piece on over-incarceration. Over $10 billion are generated every year for for-profit mm-hmm. prisons in America, right, for-profit companies in America. For-profit corporations are making money on the labor, free prison labor of prisoners. I mean, Fortune 500 companies. But when those same individuals are released from prison, 
they can't apply for a job in those same companies. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it makes so, no sense, Bishop. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I can work for you while I'm in jail, while I'm in prison yeah. for years. But once I'm out of prison, I can't use the same skills that I used to make profits for you while I was in prison. I can't do it when I'm out. That's slavery. I mean, it seems to me, Bishop, that um, – I don't know, maybe I'm just a citizen, but it seems if you're going to take them when they're prisoners, you should be forced to take them when they're out. Absolutely. In other words, if you, you, Absolutely. you, you should, if you know, you, if yes. you're going to be, I don't want to say beneficiary, but if you're going to use and exploit them, yes. then when they're out, you should train them and employ them. Absolutely. Let, they should come out with a certificate that while yeah. I was in prison, there you go. I did work for this company, this corporation, this company, this corporation. So when I come out now, I come to apply for a job in that corporation to yep. say this is what I did for you while I was there. I mean, it's it's that's why Michelle Alexander's book is very important, The New Jim Crow. People need to read that book because the, this is all by design, which means that now it's advantageous to lock more and more people up well, uh, because they make, make more money for more and more corporations. And I want to talk about that. Andrea, I'm going to give you the last word for you here. Tell us again where to vote and everything in your website. Yes, just for a second. Okay, okay. good, Andrea. That's fine. <laughs> Tell us uh, your website. I'm going to give you the last word. Where's your website? It's Andrea, B E A L L for judge.com. And election day is on May 24th. Andrew, thank you for calling in. And really, I really mean it. Thank you for calling in and reaching out to Houston. That's that's how we're going to do this together. So uh, I know we have another caller. We're going to move on. Andrew, thank you so very, very much. We wish you very well. Melinda, are you thank on you, the government. line? You're very welcome. you are got me at Talk Inspiration and Prayer. Is there a Melinda on the line? Yes, uh, this is Melinda. I have a question for uh, Dr. Dixon. Please. You mentioned the pandemic earlier, and one thing that was recognized was the economic, economic and health disparities. Have you seen any type of positive change since the reopening? Well, let, let me say this thing, and that's a very insightful question. Uh, we did learn that, that the pandemic revealed great disparities in terms of access to health care, right? And that's talk, been talked about across the nation. We have not yet remedied that. Uh, th we've got to now re-engage the conversation post-pandemic. How do we now reach back to make sure everyone in America has access to quality health care, Gilbert? This, this is a fundamental human right. That's right. And uh, health care should not be the right of the privileged. It should be the right of every human being, especially in the richest nation in the, con in, in the world. And, uh, you know, we keep passing budgets that increase spending in other, other areas, but we're leaving poor people and uh, the, the underserved out of the health care uh, equation. By the way, uh, we're working also right now on an issue where Medicaid funding, Medicaid supplemental pay, Gilbert was cut. In August 2021, uh, Medicaid supplemental payment was cut. And to the tune of some $5 billion a year from tax, of Texas alone, we've been fighting that. Uh, a federal judge just ruled in our favor and it's been extended out for one year, but we're now we need a multi-year agreement mm -hmm. uh, because that affects poor people. Over 60% of Hispanic uh, babies and African-American babies are born in hospitals where they depend on Medicaid supplemental pay. Well, you know, I'm going to... Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I have a, something for you, but real quick, um, to our caller, anything else you want to ask Mr. Uh, Bishop Dixon? Because I want to follow up with him on this whole concept of wealth inequality. Um, yes. Um, has he seen any corporate companies reinvest in the community? Amen to that. So we thank <laughs> you for calling in. Bishop, what do you think? 
Well, let me tell you, uh, there are some companies that are doing some things, and I don't want to, uh, to, to, to obscure that, but not nearly enough. Not, not, not nearly enough. Uh, we, we have wealthy corporations that could be doing a lot more. When I drive through neighborhoods and I see dilapidated school buildings, I see dilapidated housing, I see neighborhoods where there's no uh, quality recreational youth development programs. Little league kids are on a corner with their helmets begging for money for yep. uniforms. Uh, in a city like Houston, Texas, in other cities across the nation, no, we our corporations could do a much more, a better job. Well, you know, I, I will tell you what gets me, Bishop, is you know, you mentioned a number. I thought you said five billion for uh, um, Medicaid. Yeah, you know, there are people in this country that are worth a hundred billion. Yes, can you imagine that? I mean, what they could do to? I mean, I mean, come on, you can't take it with you, Bishop. No, right? And so, why not use your money for good? And and even a billion is so much. What about the other $99 billion? It just Absolutely. sometimes is unfathomable to me, the, the wealth inequality that exists in this country today. Well, I, I, could, I could talk about that and get in trouble <laughs> uh, because I, I, I have a— Tell us. Let me just put this out there. Yeah. Okay, first of all, what does any one person need with $100 billion? Right. right? Like, how, how, how does that happen? That's a country. That's a country, right? And, and, and so there's something defective. In our system, I believe in free enterprise. So I'm not talking about communism here. But my point is, I think we need to have some deeper conversation and discussion. Because if there are 10 pieces of a pie and there are 20 people or 10 people, uh, if any one of those people has five slices, somebody's going to starve. That's right. And, and so if you start with that basic premise we know that wealth inequality is something we cannot overcome as long as one person is able to have five pieces of the pie when there are 20 people need to eat. That's right. And the wealth inequality really is the root of yes. unequal access to health care, unequal access education. to education. It's everything. Yes. Education, yes. it's health care, it's everything. And then becomes the unequal access to proper legal representation. So what happens? All our warriors are locked up. Absolutely. They're all our warriors. All, all our warriors. And yeah, we can we got to say this as well, that we can't depend on human compassion with people who gain, who have all the wealth. I, I, we wish, right, that everybody who has $50 billion or whatever were just generous people, compassionate about, but we we know that that's not the case. That's right. True? So we've got to think about what type of adjustments need to be made to our system of economy that makes it make sure that everyone at least has a quality lifestyle opportunity. Roof over my head, food to eat, Access to education, healthcare, and the very necessities of life. And everyone should have the same opportunity to attain that hundred billion. Everyone Absolutely. needs to have the same chance. I know we have another caller. Well, was there an, uh, a caller? Uh, is there a Miss Maria on the phone? Yes, Gilbert. How you doing, Miss Maria? I'm doing quite well. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, talk inspiration prayer, of course, with Bishop Dixon, who's really one of the heroes in Houston, actually in America, for all the great work that he and his family have done for generations. Talk to us, Maria. Well, I'm just listening, and I always thank you so much for enlightening us, and thank you so much for that information. And yes, the importance of, you know, to help the youth, to uh, educate them, to enlighten them. I had the great opportunity 22 years ago to be enrolled in a, in a school, and 
the thing is, it was an Autry Center. I, I got divorced. I didn't know what to do. I found this school, and I was, okay, well, I'm going to get computer classes because I want to get education. I have to teach yada, yada. Hmm. So my surprise, all the classmates that I had, they were people they served time in jail. All of the girls, all of the ladies that were there, I was the only one with a clean record. So when I hear them, you know, their past and, and they state how much faith they have to become a better person, they have to fight to get back into the community, they have to fight to get by, they got, they, to get back their, their kids, their children, their families, you know, to, for their family to trust them again. It's so hard for them to be, incorporated back in the community mm. so i get more involved in that and then later i have the opportunity to volunteer for the texas department department of criminal justice the parole division at the educational lab because i'm an educator so i get to know deep deep you know uh understanding people with the second chance years later i have another opportunity to work for a job placement coordinator for a big corporation and I have people with needing jobs with the you know second chance, and I strongly believe I oh my god I, hmm. I have it really touched me because you know I see that I see their struggle, and I see how hard it is for them to become to be back in the community. I mean, it's people they're been in hmm. time for 20, 10, 15 years in a ten by ten room, and then. I have to place them, but it's so hard for them to go out there, get a physical, get attracted, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard for them to be there. So that's why, that's why I am always supporting and helping and, and advocating. And I'm very, very big supportive because I am really blessed that I am who I am today. Hmm. But I, I, I'm happy to hear this type of conversation because this is what people need to know. This is what people need to hear, you know, that we are people, that we care, and that we are, here, you know, here to help them. And, you know, well, Maria, every time that I see them, let, let me say, better. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something because it, it dovetails with what you say, but stay with us. I want you to stay on with us. First of all, I'm hugging you on the phone right now because I can feel yeah. your emotion on the phone and I can feel your sincerity. And sometimes I hear callous people say things like, oh, you know, you hear those things, Bishop. Oh, the community, they, you know, they don't want to work or this or that. They're, it's... It's not really hard times. You know, this era of fake news, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, I have participated in many of these food tries in the last 12 months. And I did mm -hmm. one not that long ago with um, Pastor uh, Claude Cummins the third, yeah. the yeah. third. And I mean, there were cars lined up. I mean, I mean, some cars are lined up in some instances on some of these food drives for three or four hours. Yeah. Let me tell you, people mm -hmm. would not be lining up, Maria, right, unless they're hurting. And they're, exactly. all, and they're already doubling up in their homes. And with inflation today, the government needs to realize, stop bailing out Wall Street and all that. Wall Street, you know, we're doing fine. I'm, a, I'm in the investment business. We're, we're doing fine. The bottom line is we've got to help the people yes. because they're yes. making the difficult choice of can I afford mm -hmm. meat or, or milk 
or rent or or pampers. Yes. I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. making these life decisions because inflation is just eating up our people today. It's terrible. And mm -hmm. I've got more to say about that in a second. Bishop, what are your thoughts on that? Well, let me tell you. First, uh, Maria, I'm hugging you as well. Amen. Uh, and uh, and let me tell you, we see people at our church. We feed over 2,000 people every week. Oh, my goodness. Every Wednesday. We have a program called Hope Over Hunger. And uh, it operates under our compassion and, and action. What and, time is that, Bishop? It, it starts at like 10.30. It goes okay. to like 4 o'clock. And you feed them in a room food or you get, or no. is it like a, a long line it's of people? It's a long line. So uh, cars line up I see cars. at 7 o'clock yeah. a.m. Amen. And they wait for three or four hours at least to get to the food. And we feed it every week. Uh, and the lines have gotten longer and longer. And I, so the, the need is real. And there are people who would rather, uh, uh, you know, present this as just a, a false narrative. Mm -hmm. But that's because that would excuse them for having a, an assignment, right? Yes. Uh, the reality is, once you know the need, now the onus is on you. Do, do I care or not? Mm -hmm. And and what we see are people who are in need. And I would love to invite uh, Maria and others to come by. You can volunteer uh, at our church for Compassion in Action. Call us at 713-688-2900. Uh, go on our app. And I think you can access our ministry on the app, the COF Church. Uh, but we love volunteers. And uh, But when you come and see the need, participate in it, and we're building an army of compassion uh, and an army of hope across the city uh, through our ministry because we believe that people must take care of one another. And collectively, we must use our voices to say to policymakers, as you just said, listen, if we can increase the defense budget, can we increase programs that give people an uplift to empower them because we're not going to be a whole society until the least of these are able to rise. That's right. And, you know, listen, I, I, I see what's happening in Ukraine and it breaks my heart. And, yes. And I'm so glad we're stepping up and the world is stepping up. But I saw they're now asking to allocate something in the order of $40 billion or something like that. And I'm like, imagine what that would do in our inner cities. Absolutely. I mean, why don't we attack those issues with the same urgency? Yes. Because that's in our own backyard. That's the very foundation. Our studio audience is clapping. That's the very foundation yes. of this country. Yes. And we just need to have that type of urgency. Well, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest investment we can ever make is in our people. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we don't tend to understand that we cut funds and uh, funding for education, but we raise funding for. For, for, for defense. And I, I'm too, I thank for I thank God I live in America, right? We have a strong, strong military. Uh, but there are other ways that we can make our country stronger. But if we don't invest in our people, we are not building a strong defense force. Because the strongest defense are not people with tanks and guns. The strongest defense are educated minds who are able to lift themselves and lift their community. I did a piece for HCC uh, last week uh, at their big state of the uh, college address. And that is this. Uh, we've got to upskill, upskill in order to upscale. And if we upskill and upscale, then those people can uplift. And that's what it really takes. I'm, I got to write that down. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Upskill. Upskill. To upscale. To upscale. To uplift. To uplift. Oh, my goodness. That Absolutely. is so great. Uh, Maria, did you have anything else for the bishop here before I move on to another caller? 
No, no, no. I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity. And thank you so much for continuing helping and doing the best for our communities. Thank you. Well, we thank you for calling. It's people like you. That's where it all starts. So we're both hugging you on the phone. Thank you, Maria. We're here with Gilbert Bye. Garcia. Bye-bye. KYOK, uh, KWWJ, keep walking with Jesus. Uh, and we are here, of course, every Monday from 11 to 11.45. And we've had lots of callers on the bishop here today, which is great. You know, Bishop, I, I want to mention something else because... We talked about Ukraine for a second. Mm -hmm. What's very interesting to me is the actions of corporate America, where they're just pulling out, saying, whatever assets we have there, we're just going to pull out. And it reminds me, you know, I'm an, I'd like to think I'm a young man, but you know what, Bishop, I'm getting <laughs> older. Um, you know, it reminds me of South Africa. Mm -hmm. Remember, the world didn't necessarily rally like that. But remember, it took the boycotts. Yes. Remember, it took the, it boycotts, the boycotts. Yes. And it took us to say we had to force corporate America to say, if you're going to be doing these things when you know they're enslaving people, yes. they're killing people, they're doing all these horrible things to people just because of their color, uh, we're not going to buy your products. Right. Thank God, corporate America is being more proactive somehow. Am I am I being misled, or what do you think? No, you 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 your fingers on the pulse. We know that when we do with South African apartheid, uh, there was not a sense of urgency about corporate America. Right, and we did have to now boycott them in, in in the states. Right, right, in order to say do the right thing regarding apartheid. Uh, we're glad that they're doing the right thing now, uh, toward the, in the Ukraine crisis. Uh, but uh, African countries still don't get that kind of response. Given mm -hmm. that, and that's another show for another day to talk about the African countries and nations that are still under uh, dictatorships and regimes, uh, and how America aids in that because also we're supporting the adversaries. That's a bigger conversation yep. for another day. Glad that we're doing the right thing now in Ukraine, but the reality is we need corporate America to use its muscle on other things, including like voter suppression. You know, we yep. said here that if corporate America had really been serious about fighting against voter suppression laws, I promise you, every elected official, as you know, needs funding. And often it's the people who have that kind of power economically that funds those campaigns. At the end of the day, we should all be trying to make sure, including corporate America, that the oppressed are no longer the oppressed. This this issue of massive voter suppression that was based on the the mistruth, the untruth of voter fraud, we know that that's a false claim, and and yet all the new laws that have been enacted across the state, including Texas, were based on that lie. And corporate America could have called that out and stop that immediately, but now we've got suppression laws across the nation. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I'm not the smartest, uh, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the pencil box. You're or pretty sharp pencil, though. Well, well I, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I guess I just say to myself, shouldn't we make it easier for people to vote? Isn't this the greatest democracy in the world? And you look at these other countries where there are people lined up all day long to vote. Yes. I mean, my goodness, shouldn't we make it easier to vote? When you get your, uh, go to your, uh, get your license, register to vote right then and there. Anything that relates to the government, register to vote right then and there. Shouldn't we make well, it well, easier? The, the moment you turn 18, you should be sent a voter ID. Go. I mean, because you are legal, right? You get the voter ID. That should be it. And then in a country where we thrive on convenience, like we we used to have grocery stores that closed at 6 o'clock, then 9 o'clock, and now they're 24 hours. And, now we and, got drive-ins. And now they deliver? And now they deliver. Because everything is about making things easier well, to participate in. But voting, we keep making it harder and harder and harder. And by the way, this whole deal of them saying, well, we did the laws to prevent voter fraud as if it was they knew it was coming. That's like saying, doctor, I know you haven't diagnosed, diagnosed me yet with a disease, 
perform the surgery yeah. just in case. Yeah, and and and, and I know and I don't and I know I don't have the disease. I don't have the disease. But go ahead and take out yeah. my, take, my take kidney. Out my, take, take out my, my kidney because just yeah. in case just I have in it. case I might have. Well, it. I, I know we're out of time. You know what, Bishop? This has been bl- a blast for me. Now you know there's an old Carol Burnett at the end of Carol Burnett show. They sing. I'm so glad we had this time together. Well, guess what? Yeah. It's time to say so long. It's time to say so long. Hey, for th- now, but, but not, for now, forever. not forever. Thank you for having me. Well, no, this has been a blast. And by the way, so we're going to hear the end of this song. We're going to stay on him another three or four minutes on Facebook. Okay. This is a song by Chicago called I've Been Searching So Long. And it talks about his self-discovery. But in reality to me, it's, I believe he found God. Mm. And you'll hear it in these words. So play it. Let's enjoy real quick, Houston. And again, you're with me. Gilbert Garcia, Talk Inspiration and Prayer, KWWJKYOK, every Monday, 11 to 11.45, with the incredible, very inspiring, and very involved in the community, Bishop Dixon. Dr. Bishop Dixon. James. James. <laughs> That's it. That's but it. But we can call him James. That's it. He says, there's a strange new light in my eyes, things I've never known, changing my life, changing me. I've been searching so long to find an answer. Now I know my life has meaning. Now I see myself as I am, feeling very free. Life is everything it's meant to be. I think he's really discovered God. Or yes. I mean, that's it's what I really feel here. Yeah, it's a spiritual transformation, sounds like. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I've heard this song for so long and, and I never dissected it all, all the when, when you really yeah. look at the words, and then he says here, when my days have come to an end, I will understand what I've left behind. Wow. Part of me. Part of me. Wow. I really think it's it has great religious significance. I love it. Now I see myself as I am feeling very free. Life is everything it's meant to be. Words are fantastic. Yeah. And then he goes, I've been searching so long to find an answer. Now I know my life has meaning. He's found it. I think he found it in yeah. God. And then here comes the crescendo because it's almost like, it's like the sun's parting and you know, the light is shining and now he's there and I can see him on his knees looking at God saying, I've now got it. Yes. I found the answer and it's you. All right, I think we're now are off the radio, but we're now gonna hear the rest of this song. Just, it's only another 30 seconds or so. Uh, Bishop, we're now still on Facebook, Spotify, and everything else. And for all of you who've been listening, we've got the most incredible guest today. Uh, a lot of you know him. If you don't know him, a lot of you have read about him, seen him. He's been published some books. He's served on many different boards in the community, whether it's Metro, whether it's Sports Authority. He's visited everywhere. Uh, and yet, 
He has never lost his grounding. You know, and really, he's the warrior and the fighter and the inspiration for the people. That's the beautiful thing. To use these positions of influence and power for the people. Um, for the everyday man and woman that's just... But the grace of God, you know, they're not... They're homeless or not, you know... All it takes right now in today's times... You go ahead and fade out there, Mr. Producer. Is losing your job right now. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you could be... I mean, with prices today, it's taking two people to work to live a lifestyle that their parents lived. I mean, these are interesting times. Sure. And so I really thank you, Bishop, for all that you do. And let me ask you this. Now, this is now sort of inside religious talk because I don't get a chance to do this. So when you're there and you're, and you're like, so you just did an incredible sermon Sunday. How do you prepare for the next sermon the next Sunday? Do you sit around and reflect and say... What am I going to talk about? Do you wait, and does it just come to you? I mean, do you? Or, I mean, how, how did? I mean, how do you get that word of God coming out in you? I mean, you, you understand my question? Sure. Yes. Yes. Well, let me say this. Uh, first of all, uh, being called to the pulpit ministry is an expression of God's immense mercy. Right. Nobody qualifies for that assignment. Uh, you can't be good enough, live good enough, be smart enough to do it. Uh, it's not something that you can put an application in and say, hey, read my resume, my bio, I, I deserve to do this. Uh, every other job you get, it's your personal resume, it's mm -hmm. your bio, your experience, right? I went to school, I did this, and, and God will say, really? You know, uh, how do you get to speak for me based on your qualifications? It's mercy. Uh, and uh, so it's very important for the minister to remain humble and in a place of complete dependence on God. The hardest thing to prepare is not the sermon itself, it's a sermonizer. It's not the preachment, it's the preacher who has to stay prepared. And uh, so, you know, you learn early in your life, like I did as a minister, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old, as a pastor, that uh, self-preparation comes before sermon preparation. Mm -hmm. And the more you stay in the presence of God, the more you develop an ear and a sensitivity to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And, uh, and so it's the Spirit of God being able to speak to you while you're driving your car or, or while you're eating breakfast or while you you know observing some, a movie uh, or, or sitting still. Quiet time with God is priceless. And, and by the way, that's the hardest thing for me to guard. I have to guard my time and my schedule in such a way that I create time where there's no interruptions, no TV, no radio, mm -hmm. where I can really hear God. Uh, and... And that's, so that, that's, I mean, I, I know I'm broad stroking that, but, you know, I can be on an airplane. Like, for example, let me give you that Please. Example. So uh, I, I, fl I fly a lot, right? And, uh, you know, we, we all fly. But I don't fly in the cockpit, right? All of us have a window, but our window gives us a side view of what's out there in the sky. But only the pilot sees what's in the front view. Mm-hmm. I thank God that I don't see what he sees. Mm -hmm. I'm flying by faith. He's flying by sight. He sees it. And that's how God is with us. He often doesn't allow us to see the real storms ahead by the time we see it as passing by. You Very know? interesting. I mean, so so I, that's I, a sermon by I, Well, you know, I, I wonder if we yeah. in, in our lives could see forward, 
I don't know, maybe it would scare the dickens we out of us. Fly. I mean, it, it, we would, wouldn't fly, right? Yeah. We wouldn't I, fly. I think that's probably right. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, you just, that, and it goes back, you just got to have faith. Yeah, you got to have faith. And, uh, but, I'm, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the call preacher, God is speaking to us all the time, right? Like Jesus. Okay? Imagine walking around with Jesus. Man, I, I, I said, man, can you imagine you're just walking down through a town with Jesus? Anything he sees, he can give you a message out of it, right? I mean, and he'll say, consider the flowers how, and the lilies, how they grow. Well, you're looking at the, at the fields. And he can turn it into a theological education using practical illustrations mm-hmm. that have life-relevant application. And that's what God gives the call preacher the gift to do. You're walking down the street. He's with you, Holy Spirit. And he says, hey, see that man who's homeless? All right, that man's homeless has a soul just as valuable as yours. That's right. You know, and then he gives you a message for the man, but then ultimately the man gives you a message. You know, it, it reminds me of that cartoon. Uh, remember, I have kids, and uh, and three of them, well, two are gone, one will be gone to LSU, and then my princess, who still loves me, thank the Lord, uh, she's the only <laughs> daughter, uh, is going to be in high school next year, I mean, second year high school. But I remember when they were little, and, and what always struck me was that show, Little Drummer Boy. Mm. Because here are the kings with these jewels and things as they present to Jesus. Yes. And there's a little drummer boy, and he's saying, I have nothing to give. Yes. And one of the kings reaches down to him and says, you know, you have the most to yes. give. Yes. And he played his song. Played his song. Um, and so, I don't know, that always stuck with me, uh, Bishop. Powerful, it, a, it really oh is, God. isn't it, when you really think about it? Well, let me ask you this, Bishop. We thank you for everything that you do. We thank you for being here. You know, next week I'm going to have a guest from SCIU, one of the heads of SCIU. And they're up, I guess, for contract negotiations. It's not a political statement here. um, For um, the janitorial services. And I said, I want you on my show. Are you ready for this? Some of these janitors who've been working all this time, some of them have no health care benefits, making $10 an hour. $10 an hour. They're working for. And they're working hard. And they're doing the jobs that, that are the hardest jobs. They're late at night. And I said, I want you on my show because I want people to know yes. about that. Yes. These are hardworking people, Bishop. That's a relevant issue. Yep. And so we're going to be doing that next week. So I'm going to give Bishop the last word. And I'm just going to say to everyone out there in the cyber uh, world, Gilbert Garcia, talk inspiration and prayer. I'm so grateful that you're listening. We have, again, the very well-respected, extraordinary man, written many books, has been preaching, saving lives, helping lives, all these things. The Bishop uh, Dixon, Dr. Dixon. Bishop, you have the last word. Well, first, thank you for being a voice, right, for the for the voiceless and uh, using this show as an opportunity to vehicle to impact and influence and inspire. Uh, that's that's very powerful and profound. Honored to be here. I want to say to your guest who's listening today, listen, uh, f- find a cause. Find a cause and commit to the cause because you care. Uh, causes are, you know, you can find them. Human trafficking, that's a cause. I work with that cause. Uh, racism, oppression, that's a cause. Education, that's a cause. Helping the least, the last, and the lost. Feeding the hungry, doing something that empowers somebody other than yourself. Because anyone who has power, power is never for yourself. When people say to me, uh, you know, man, uh, I get tired of people asking me to do this, this, and this. I said, nobody asks anything from an empty tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have fruit on your limbs, nobody's trying to get to your tree. And uh, so the more fruit you bear, the more people are going to come to you. You have fruit-bearing potential, which means you ought to be helping others to have a quality of life. 
find a cause, commit to it, make a difference, and that's what makes your life significant. Amen. And, you know, I had uh, Rachel Fisher, who's a nurse, and uh, she had been human trafficked her life for many years, and it was faith that got her out. And what struck me so much about her was how intelligent she was, how together she was, and how she's used all of those experiences for good. Because you know she could have been angry. And yes. She didn't have any anger in her, Bishop. She was all about how can I help others escape that life, and how can I help police to be more sensitive to what it's all about, and how can I be a voice? Oh, it just struck me. It's, it's beautiful story. It, it was, Powerful, isn't it? Oh, and, and amazing. it's compelling. Yeah, well, our, our organization is called NTT Inc., No Trafficking Zone. You can go on our website for that. Go to work with one of our kids. Go to our website, Good Gang USA. Uh, you want to work with Compassion in Action, go to thecommunityfaith.org. Anywhere you want to find a cause. And it doesn't have to be ours, but find something in your community where you can serve. Because as Dr. King said, those who serve are the greatest. And that's what Jesus said, of course, first. Amen. So, Houston, you heard it here. This is Gilbert Garcia, Talk Inspiration Prayer. Please join me next week and every week. We have all the old shows online. Feel free to go peruse them. And I want to say thank you to Bishop Dixon for taking the um, time out of his busy schedule. And let me just say to all of you out there, register to vote. Make your voice heard. As the bishop says, get involved. And I'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me for my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 a.m. on KWWJ, 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, or KYOK, 11.40 a.m. Call me, 832-570-8075. See you then.